Welcome to the Editor's Note Comics Podcast. Your suffering will be legendary even in hell. Central Maine's best comics podcast by default. Hi, I'm Jackie. Wanna play? Here are your hosts, Zach and Jared. Hey, welcome back. It's a specialty episode. It is. Uh, the next two weeks, because it's Halloween season, we're just going to oh, be yes. going to be playing a little bit with the format. Some some treats, not tricks. And we're going to keep this one evergreen, as um, mm. the anyone on the internet says. I am excited, by the way, for the Saturday episode coming up. Well, it's not going to be Saturday for the rest of the kids. Well, no, when we recorded on Wednesday, on Saturday because of the the style of episode that it is the legality behind uh, mm, true <laughs> driving around let's just say i'm not in, wanting to stay up that late. i'm incorporating some things that have never been a part of it before all right that are going to be very very in season yes next week the annual drinking game or i don't know what it, because this is the first year that is not under my purview it's true i've i've wrestled that away from you and i'm excited for what i have planned and i'm excited not to pay for it well, Mostly know. because of that year where I dumped two hundred bucks into it. That's true. I'm not. I'm not <laughs> dumping two hundred bucks into it, but I'm dumping. Uh, I'm dumping a, a fair amount of effort and time, and uh, I, I haven't quite narrowed down the menu yet. But I'm excited. Uh, this week is going to be a unique episode. We're going to be saying "poo poo" to the format we usually do because this week, "poo poo." Yes, "poo poo." Not, not "pew pew." A poo-poo platter. Oh. Pepe Le Pew? No, he's been canceled. <laughs> and rightfully so. Yeah. This week, what we are doing is we're going to be counting down every Stephen King book ever, it, according to me. Let's say, by we, it's mostly you, and I'm going to sit here and get it. <laughs> Actually, you can interject. I don't know what you're going to interject. But I really don't know. <laughs> I don't know what my role is on this episode. Just being here. All right. Excellent. I may look up some random Stephen King facts to sprinkle in to feel like I'm contributing. So, uh, the way this episode is going to work, I have read every single Stephen King book there is, so I'm going to be counting them down. According to my count, there are 79. And how do I get to that number? Because there's novels, there's collections of short stories, there's some nonfiction stuff. The stuff that is not going to be included is like, hey, did he do a single short story in this book over here? Is this a short story that was in Cavalier magazine in 1973 that's never been reprinted? No, we're not doing that stuff. Like, no screenplays. Also, no Storm of the Century? Nope. No Good movie, by the way. Yeah, I enjoy that. No coffee table books, because there is one of those. All books are coffee table books. (sighs) It's just going to be, can you buy this as a book off the shelf and read it, with the exception of one that is now out of print? I feel like that your descriptor of can I buy it off a bookshelf and read it is very broad. I think everything you said it wasn't, you then said it was by saying... Well, there needs to be a level of narrative structure. Is it... Like no comics, none of that stuff, just... Does it stand alone on its own as prose? Yeah. And the way this is being presented as... Again, this is my ranking, which also... So there are kind of two ways to go about this. You could do like... And I, I would do this maybe in a different order. I was like, hey, these are the Stephen King books that you should read first for like one through whatever the hell. Mm-hmm. It's, this isn't that. Um, and mostly because of the Dark Tower, because my rankings of the Dark Tower books kind of make that not really a thing. Because if I rank, you know, one higher than another or compared to other stuff, this is if you were looking at it as a whole, I will also say we, I will not be spoiling anything. Nothing major like John Coffee's name is spelt like the drink, but different. If it's an early like 
in the first like third of a book kind of like plot point then i go okay. bring it up but i'm not going to be spoiling the ending of anything are you taking so like what about like a series like the dark tower or the green mile each of the books is separate or are you just saying every dark tower book is separate green mile hey but I don't know if you did the notation, but Green Mile was presented in um, like I think, it was serial format. Yeah, was it five or six of them? Yeah, that came out. Yeah, Green Mile is just Green Mile. Okay, and also like as far as like books that have been revised or expanded on, which I believe are only um, the Stand and the Gunslinger. We're talking about the ones that are currently out, the more accessible versions of said thing. Even though I don't actually think that would have changed my rankings in all right one little bit. Well, there's a lot of notes on the second page. The, the, those are the short story collections, so I can remember what short stories in it or what, in what collection. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's why we have two sheets here. Oh my god! Part of this is was also sparked by one I've now read every Stephen King thing ever. Uh, we're both, you know, if you've listened to the show, we're both from Maine, so we're, we're Stephen King adjacent. I've read them all now. I worked for him. You did work for him at his radio station. Um, but part of the reason I wanted to do this, aside from you know finishing everything, I didn't start reading King until 2010. Okay. So in the last 13 years, I've read 79 books plus all that additional stuff that we're just not going to count here. Okay. It's a decent chunk of books. That's a lot of books. In 13 years. Yes, yes. More than a like a lifetime's amount of work. I'm like, yeah, I, just, I burned through it like in a decade. Good for you. I'm proud of you. Plus a couple. What What's going to take longer, to read all those books or to get through this list? Um, I, I truly don't know how long this is going to be for an episode going into it. And uh, part of the impetus behind doing this is I looked at a website and I saw like ranking every Stephen King book and I was so viscerally offended by how bad it was. It's like, oh no, oh, this cannot stand, even though I have no control over that. No, you, you really don't. I will also throw out there, kids, hey, if you see websites with like ranking every Stephen King thing or ranking everything that's like this long. They suck. We're better. It, it's not that they suck. And this is not true of everything, but it's definitely true of some things. Sometimes it's multiple writers, and you might not see many multiple writers on an article headline. Maybe it's like three people, and they're using a pseudonym. Oh, like Richard Bachman? <laughs> yes, Richard Bachman. There we go. Yeah. See? Um, I contributed to the show. Thank you. Not pointing fingers at anyone, but hey, just saying, I know this for a fact. Do you get to come up with the pseudonyms? I don't have a pseudonym. Oh. But when you like are doing your job, do you come up with pen names for people if they need it no oh i have nothing to do with that you'd use names like dick trickle (laughs) ip freely seymour butts so we're just going with what bart calls into mo's with (laughs) your plan amanda hug and kiss (laughs) huge ass yeah huge ass yeah there's plenty of them there's probably a lot that aren't uh you know guys named mike no don't do that one so with all that kind of like set up as our premise counting down the Top 79 Stephen King books. 79. The Tommyknockers. I always, whenever I hear that title, I'm like, that sounds dirty. I know it's not, but it sounds dirty. This one was written uh, reportedly on a fuck ton of cocaine. Well, and boy, does it show. It's not, hey, it might be so long that you could beat a vagrant to death with it, but it's also really bad. Well, there you go. <laughs> it's disjointed. Doesn't make a lot of sense. I was like, it page like... 600 i'm like i'm not sure who our protagonist is here and characters will come in at random points you're like oh they're gonna be the thing that turns the tide they're around for 20 pages and they get killed i'm like why why were they here why is this book so long why is it so bad but yeah the tommy knockers alien spaceship gets uncovered and a lot of people have metal plates in their head uh to prevent the aliens from getting in and there's a, a weird amount of uh menstruation talk all right there not, we go not a great book 
Also keeping with the sci-fi world, number 78, Dreamcatcher. This one was also written on drugs, but these were painkillers. Um, this is after he got hit by the truck, right? Yes, van. But Same yes, thing. Different thing. Well, I mean, if you got hit by a van or a truck, I think it's going to be similar damage. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, uh, this book was written long form by hand on paper on painkillers, and it's sci-fi, and it's weird, and it's bad. The government comes up to the main woods to stop shit weasels from going up your butt and into your mind palace. Not not a good book. Your mind palace? Yeah, there's a mind palace. I'm not good. Okay. There's 70 90s. I'm not explaining every detail. No, no, no. I just... <laughs> of all the weird Stephen King shit, that's some of it right really? there. Really? Mind palace was the thing you got hung up and not shit weasels? No, because we've talked about, you know, alien, like, you know, alien dinosaur sex on this show, so... <laughs> sure. Uh, number 77, Rage. Uh, this book is no longer in print. This book is about a school shooting. After one of the school shootings in America, I can't remember which one because we have so many. Mm. This was found in a student's locker and uh, Stephen King pulled it after that. He doesn't like this book. I don't like this book. Unfortunately, because it has been pulled, it is pricey to find now. Uh, the way that I did this book is I found the audiobook on YouTube. And it was only like four hours long, so it wasn't oh, okay. like that big of a commitment of time. But yeah, it's it, it's a school shooting book. It's kind of angry and unpleasant. Don't really recommend it. Mm. Number 76, The Regulators. Regulators, mount up. This book uh, was done in tandem with another one released at the same time under uh, Stephen King's non de plume. Richard Bachman. Richard Bachman. Two of them came out the same day. They were supposed to be like companion books. This one I don't like. For one, it uses like a trope like autism is a superpower something he would also use in the tv miniseries rose red it's it's a bad trope to use um, also opens with like hey here's a fun book let's shoot a kid in the street wow so yeah i, I don't like the regulators. that book gets sore quick doesn't it yeah boy it's, it's not it's not a good read uh number 75 road work well, that's a nightmare all the time uh the, it's a man who doesn't want his house the city says hey you need to leave because we're going to do some construction and build a highway through here. He's like, I don't want that, so I'm going to blow all your stuff up. Another kind of like mean-spirited. You'll notice at the bottom of my list, there's a lot of like the more mean-spirited books. This is one of them. He's like, we're just going to blow shit up because I'm mad. Okay. Number 74, Rose Matter. I, I don't, this is not a fun book to read. It opens with um, an abusive husband punching his wife so hard in the stomach that she miscarries. Oh, no. And then it's... A lot of the book is about like getting away from him and revenge, but it's just, again, mean-spirited and gross, and it's not... It's like, hey, the world sucks, everything sucks, everything is terrible, and if you find any niceness in the world, it, uh, someone will ruin it. Oh, uh, well, so it's that's just, not what I signed up for. Yeah, it's it's just not a... Fu it's, a it's a mean, ugly little book, and I, I don't like it. But I, I didn't mention this up front, and I should have. Uh, we're kind of... The way that this list is kind of structured is there's the stuff that I don't like, which is not a very long list because I do enjoy the majority of those, like the stuff that I don't like, the stuff that didn't leave that much of an impression on me, the stuff that I like, and then the stuff that I really like. Okay, there we go. So, I, so uh, compared to like when we were doing like our top 50 movies, like this one was honestly a little harder because like I knew what the top was, I knew what the bottom was. I'm like, all right, what's the middle of the stuff that I like? Oh, it's like 50 books. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> I that makes sense in a bell curve. <laughs> yeah. Uh, number 73, Thinner. Oh, yes. Another kind of... Something I'm not getting. <laughs> I'm. <laughs> well, just... I'm going to stop saying this very soon. Another just kind of like mean-spirited book. A lawyer gets a gypsy curse where mm -hmm. he's just constantly losing weight 
and also there's a gypsy curse and i know 2023 lens blah 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 but it's like like just a mild gypsy curse just enough for me to like trim down like 15 or 20 pounds (laughs) and yeah like a like a like a gypsy um accosting yes it's it's not a it's not an interesting book and it's like once again mean-spirited I think this is our last mean-spirited book. There we go. We're, we're done with that. Because I, I said that for like the first six. There's plenty of mean-spirited things that happen in Stephen King books, though. Yeah, but like the whole concept. Uh, then we get number 72, Cell. This one is very much old man, what's up with technology? Okay. This is like a 2006 book. Oh, so is it a book about cell phones? Yes. Oh, it, okay. it, it, It's not it, like the movie The Cell with Jennifer Lopez- wasn't based on this. No, it's like the okay. movie Cell with John Cusack and Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, they made a movie about it? Yeah. Oh. Not well received. I've never seen it, so I don't remember. Okay, there you opinion. go. But the book is, Stephen King has always been interested in uh, new technology. Sometimes it's like, oh, we're going to be releasing this book digitally for like the first time ever. Or like he likes to play with formats and technology and different stuff. But this one was very much like old man is upset about the cell phone technology. This is like 2005, 2006. So it's all just flip phones. And the whole thing is like, cell phones make you zombies. Eh, I mean, quite literally. They, in this book. I mean, they kind of do. But this is like, compared to now, like, <laughs> what yeah. are you going to do on a flip phone? Nothing. That's a good point. Yeah, so there's that. Take a grainy picture. <laughs> yeah. 71, Blaze. This was a book that Stephen King wrote. This, this is referred to as a trunk novel. It was put away for a long time, brought it back out, updated it a little bit. It has kind of a Of Mice and Men vibe to it. Uh, with, with kind of a smart one and a dumb one, and uh, the dumb one steals a baby. But the thing for me, as I mentioned, like we're both from Maine, like a lot of this takes place in Freeport, and it makes Freeport come off to be like real hard, like very mm-hmm. like Freeport is fucking a polo shirt and khakis if I've ever seen it. Freeport is also the it, kind of community where everything it, has to conform, like the Duncan the like the McDonald's has to look like a house. Okay, yeah. That whole thing. Yeah. No, Freeport is uh, not hard at all. It's like, what if Connecticut was a town? Yes. So I I found that book very funny reading it, especially because it's supposed to take place in like 2007, which is uh, like when I like in my high school years. And it's just Freeport ain't hard. It's so funny to read. Freeport like, is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The only thing hard about Freeport is the traffic. Oh, yeah. No, nothing hard about Freeport. Uh, number 70, Black House. This is a sequel to The Talisman written uh, many years after. There's a lot of Dark Tower connections in this one, but ultimately it takes so long to get going. It kind of falls flat towards the end. Can't really recommend it. Uh, co-written by, this is uh, one of the very few books that uh, King has a co-writer on. This was co-written by Peter Straub. Uh, we will see him come up again later on. Number 69. Yeah. From a Buick 8. Mm. This is a story where a little boy is trying to find out about his dad who got killed in a traffic accident who was a cop. And all these other policemen uh, tell him a story about that, but also that there was a evil Buick that they kept in the garage that did scary things like sometimes it turned its lights on. Sometimes there were leaves in the trunk. We've all had cars like that. Ooh. We've all had cars like that. It's a story that doesn't really do a lot. And also, I like the characters aren't bad, but they're not interesting. So, I mean, we're in this realm. We're, we have now entered the realm of Books that didn't leave a big impression on me. Well, I mean, think about your first car. It had some weird shit that went, you know, on with it. Ooh, leaves in the trunk. Mm, yeah, who left those? My, my trunk is full of golf clubs and sand. Number 68, Sleeping Beauties, uh, co-written with his son, Owen King. This is a relatively recent one, and it just, it's about a, women pr- it's about a women's prison, and some of them 
start getting cocoons on them. Orange is the new black? With butterflies. And just, again, not a lot happens. So, yeah. Sounds like a lot happened to the people in the prison. They had cocoons of butterflies growing on them. Yeah. It, it, this is also another one that's like suffers from its length. It's like, okay, this is very long and also not a lot is happening. Sounds a lot. Never mind. Uh, number 67, Eyes of the Dragon. This is kind of an oddity because this was Stephen King's attempt at writing a fairy tale, mm. which also has a lot of Dark Tower connections. And it wasn't well received when it came out. And a lot of the criticism was, oh, this doesn't feel like a Stephen King book, which I don't think is the right criticism of it. I think that it doesn't know what its audience is because it's presented as a fairy tale. He was writing it for his daughter, but it's still pretty macabre. Like there, there's still violence and blood and all this other stuff. So it's like, do people not understand how violent and macabre original fairy tales were? Like they were some brutal ass, like the Brothers Grimm, they bake a woman to death. Yeah, for this, trying to eat children. Just saying. This one just, it feels, it's operating in two worlds. It wants to be a children's fairy tale, and it wants to be a Stephen King book, and they don't quite marry. No. And as I tried to make that hand motion, I but, hit the microphone. But fairy tales, in like their genesis originally, where they were dark and grim. They aren't like, yeah. you don't think about, like we think about fairy tales now, we think about Disney movies. Yeah, I mean, you can make that, ar- you can certainly make that argument for this book, but it just, it felt like it it was living in two different worlds and didn't quite mesh is where I kind of came down on it. 66 Firestarter. Uh, this is a very Stephen King eighties book, mm-hmm. you know, child with powers and all this stuff. But Can he start fire? Is that what he does? Well, it's a girl. Is that what they do? <laughs> yes. Uh, is that what she does? Yes. Her name is Charlie. She can start fires with her mind and her dad also has powers because of some lab experiments. And Oh, what is his power? Putting out the fire? Illusions. Oh, thank you. Cool. Ooh. Uh, but basically, the more you use your powers, like it's basically like giving you aneurysms and bringing you closer to death. Oh, like Jane Foster. <laughs> yes. Like, like a Thor thing. There yes. you go. Yeah. Ulti- that was for me. It's ultimately just like some of these early books that I'm mentioning. It's, there's a little bit of bloat there, and it's just ultimately like not that interesting. Oh, I'm not going to. This is not a bad book. It's there's still like there's a lot of interest in there. Don't watch the movies, please. Good Lord, don't watch any of the movies. It's been adapted twice. Don't do it. Yeah. The book is still fun. There's still fun there, but it, it definitely has pacing issues. Number 65, Finders Keepers. A relatively new one. This is the middle book of the Bill Hodges trilogy. Again, we're in that realm right now. We're like, didn't leave a big impression on me. Like, this is a book whenever I think about it, I have to like think about it. Like, what happened in this book? Uh-huh. I remember the end. Because the end connects with the first book and sets up the third book. But, like, aside from the last, like, five pages, I'm like, what happened on those other 400 pages? It's a good question. <laughs> I got to think about it. So, this one is kind of low on just the scale of, uh, I, I struggle to remember what happened, and it's not that old of a book. All right. Number 64, Revival. I have kind of a personal vendetta against this book. And what is that? I, I didn't know what this book was. I mean, it's like, oh, it was a new Stephen King book. I'm excited about it. And it was like, hey, go to this bookstore. Stand in a line, and you can get a ticket to stand in another line to get Stephen King to sign the book for you. So I stood in that line for like six, seven hours, and then like I like I like it. That then, is dedication. Yeah, but then like less than fifty people in front of me, they're like, "Okay, we're cutting off the line." I'm like, "Why the fuck didn't you do this six hours ago? Why didn't you cap the line?" That's a good so, point. So I stood in line to stand in another line. It was told to leave. So this book already had me on the back foot. I was like, I was already mad about this. <laughs> I, I guess. Like, Why I guess the so. fuck did yeah. you cut this line off? Why was I standing here for this long if you knew there was a max amount of people you could do? This is insane. 
Just unlucky. Um, so I was mad. And then I read the book and I didn't like it particularly. Again, this falls under the washes over me kind of book. Like nothing happens, nothing happens, nothing happens. And then the end is insane. The end goes like balls to the wall, but it takes a long time to get there. And the ending is so crazy. It feels like it's kind of out of left field. Kind of like the story about being in the line. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just nothing, nothing, nothing. Then you get mad. All right. Number 63. I don't really, we're starting to pick up here. We're getting this stuff. Like. Yes. Yeah, here we go. Uh, the Running Man. Oh, was that didn't that become an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie? It is an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. They are so vastly different. Uh, this is about. But a, does it say based on? It is, but it's supposed to be like you're kind of like every man schlub, so like you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> are you saying that because I'm 39 now and I'm really becoming middle aged and middle weighted? <laughs> uh, basically, it's about a guy who's going to go into this competition to try and win money for his family, and the world is hunting him, and it's a reality TV show. And it also has an ending in a post-9-11 world that could uh, not be filmed today. Oh, no. Although Edgar Wright is uh, supposedly working on an adaptation. um, It's a fun, it's very pulpy, which is not a bad thing. I like pulp stuff, so enjoy it for what it is. It's short, too, so it's a pretty easy read to get through. Speaking of short, 62, Elevation. This is very much, it feels like Stephen King being like, yeah, I uh, wasn't always perfect with some of my representations of uh, sexuality and race in the past, but guys, I've learned. It's very short. Like, it would be hard not to read this in a single setting. Fair enough. Take it for what it is. By the way, you totally, like, glossed over the fact about The Running Man. It was the first time he ever used the pen name Richard Bachman. I don't know if I knew that. Oh, there there you go. Now you've learned something. Number 61. We're getting into nonfiction here. Uh, oh, by the way, it hasn't been 2025 yet. There's still a chance for The Running Man to happen. Great. I should start getting in shape. <laughs> if we want to watch a man die on television. All right. Carry on. Number 61, Dance Macabre. This, this is semi-autobiographical. It's mostly Stephen King going. Um, this is a history of horror movies slash books. Mostly movies. Kind of talking about his experience watching them and growing up and whatnot. So in speaking of pulpy things, there's a lot of like very pulpy. It's like, hey, I saw these like be sci-fi heart movies that i really liked as a kid and here's my experience and it's it's fun and also for like people especially with his last book i i got a big kick out of reading uh, a lot of like one-star amazon reviews who are like he's too my pol- favorite he's too political now this book like in the first 20 pages has like he's like all oh, this shit's ridiculous and, like in a parenthetical just like republicans ha 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 well there you go bitch has always been very political that's true Number 64, Past Midnight. Now we're getting into the short story collections. Uh, there's some good ones in here. Uh, probably the most notable one is The Langoliers. Much better than the TV miniseries uh, Secret Window, Secret Garden. What, Bronson P- uh, Pinchon didn't do that for you in that Pins- movie? Pinchot. Pinchot, yeah. What, it was actually filmed in part at the Bangor International Airport. It was entirely filmed there. Well, I mean, there's not much happens outside of the airport in that. You know what? doesn't, so I will... It was a hell of a deal when they brought those things in to actually eat the airport, and they had to rebuild it afterwards. So the story of the Langoliers is these people on a flight, they fall asleep, and they wake up, and they're like, hey, we're the only people left on this flight. And like everything that the people leave like had on them are left behind. And my favorite part that's in the short story that isn't in the movie is someone's butt plug. So high points for the book over the wow. <laughs> Wait, so if I remember correctly, didn't they, when they flew through the portal, they went back in time, correct? And the Langoliers eat what was left behind. I'm not spoiling nothing. Oh, I'm trying to remember. It seems like, oh yeah, because when they flew, never mind. I don't want to. I remember bits and pieces. Also, of the Langoliers. Uh, has the story Secret Window, Secret Garden, which was adapted into Secret Window with Johnny Depp, which is a bad movie. The story is way better. 
It also he, has he um, made someone into corn. Yeah, that's not in the book. Oh, or the novella. It also has the most un for as like Stephen King has a bunch of like movies and that have, or books that have been adapted to movies and TV. This has the the most unfilmable uh, Stephen King adaptation because it involves um, very detailed uh, boy rape. Oh. With the library policeman. That's never getting adapted. <laughs> you will never see the library policeman. I promise you that. All right. Well, thank God. Uh, number 59. Another recent one. Gwendy's Final Task. This was co-written uh, with written Chismar. This was a trilogy. Uh, Stephen King worked on the first and third books. The second one was entirely Chismar. The opening kind of acts as a Dark Tower sequel, which I like. And it's also very funny that um, the entire story was set up in the introduction to, I believe, the previous book. So... Take that as you will. Number 58, Bizarre Bad Dreams. We are back to the world of short stories. Some okay ones of this one. Like, the definitely the standouts are uh, Blockade Billy and Drunken Fireworks. But as far as a collection goes, okay, but not the best. Number 57, The Institute. Another relatively recent one. This one feels like a very 80s Stephen King book. Shady people capture children who have powers. And also there's an entire introduction that I forgot happened until it comes back up at the end of the book i'm like oh yeah that guy mm-hmm. <laughs> thanks good commentary yeah i mean <laughs> you're like i don't know these books are no i have no clue i'm just trying what are you trying you're on your phone i don't know what you're doing well i'm listening <laughs> i'm multitasking number 56 that's Despera- a very sit and get episode for me yeah this one is 56 desperation this is the book that uh, was written about my dating life through my 20s <laughs> that came out uh the same time as the regulators this was the companion book I enjoy this book uh, quite a bit. Uh, it has a great villain. It's very distracting in the beginning because this was pre like J.K. Rowling, and it opens with a character called Harry Potter. Oh, and I'm like, oh, that's gonna be distracting. But he gracefully dies at like the first ten pages. I'm like, good. It's <laughs> <laughs> gonna make this read a lot easier. Voldemort got him quick. <laughs> Revisionist history from J.K. Rowling. Uh, this is a book that's very heavily based on religion this is very much like a jesus versus the devil kind of book and i felt incredibly stupid for not figuring that out until like there's this one kid who's kind of like performs some miracles and then like he has like sardines and some rolls and there's mm. magically enough for everyone and then i just went to myself like oh, i'm a fucking idiot i didn't get it till that point because i'm dumb i'm a dumb man that's fair enough number 55 our first dark tower book the last dark tower book uh came out years after the series concluded went through the keyhole well it was i like this book a lot by the way we're now into um i like everything now <laughs> all right uh this book takes place between uh books four and five of the dark tower came out years after uh but it's a story within a story and not a ton of time with our main characters so even though i i enjoy it i mostly enjoy like the beginning and the end because we get to play with those characters again number 54 hearts in atlantis another collection of Four stories. These ones are all loosely connected. The first one is probably the best. Uh, connects with the Dark Tower. Uh, Low Men in Yellow Coats. This, I'm not going to talk about adaptations a lot, but this one is a real oddity because Low Men in Yellow Coats is a Dark Tower story, but it was adapted into a movie called Hearts and Atlantis, which has nothing to do. Like there is a story there called Hearts and Atlantis. This is very good, mm-hmm. but has nothing to do with Low Men in Yellow Coats except they call that the movie. And they shoehorn the title in and take out all the Dark Tower references. Okay. Wow. This is also has my favorite random, the most random open any Stephen King thing. And we talked about this uh, for one of our Halloween episodes where their young boy, Bobby Garfield, what is he, like 10, 12 years old? 
He falls asleep at a park. Some pedophile comes up to him. He's like, I'll give you $5 to let me suck your dick. And he just chucks a duck at him and runs away. Oh. Just picks up a duck and throws him. It's not the pedophile that's the random part. It's that he just finds a duck and throws it at him. The, Have you ever found that as a weapon of choice? I've never been in a situation where I'm trying to... A duck. Or found a duck that would allow me to approach it without <laughs> having bread or something. I just love that he threw... I mean, it, it's a weird scene. It's just like, oh, here's a pedophile. But he throws a duck at him. And it worked, apparently. It did. He ran away. Yeah. It's like, duck! The duck of justice. All right, where are we at? <laughs> we have now entered into our second row. All right. Call him. You've read this one. You read a book. I did. Number 53, Faithful. Take it away. Oh, it's a great... Wow, I can't believe that. I didn't. I was wondering if that was... He wrote it was Stuart or Nan. It was about the 2004 Boston Red Sox and their World Series win, and it's a back and forth between him and Stuart O'Nan, and it, it's, it's fantastic. It's basically an email correspondence. It is, but it, it, I need to reread that, because it's been, what, next fall will be the 10-year anniversary of the breaking of the curse. 20. Oh, tw- damn. Yeah, it'll be the 20-year anniversary of the breaking of the curse. It's just a fantastic read, and it's like a different side of Stephen King, and he just is so... I love that, like, if you go back and watch that world series it has like they'll do like oh and like celebrities here's stephen king there's him in the crowd either reading a book or writing at red sox games during this yeah this was also like this wasn't intentional he just picked this season like i guess we can write a book yeah. about the red sox and it happened to be the year that he's a massive broke the curse massive red sox fan yeah he is uh talks about baseball all the time and we'll get to that some more of that in a little bit the but, girl who left tom gordon yes we are that is coming up shortly yeah this is um it's I love Tom Gordon. He's a great pitcher. Even if yeah, if you don't even if you don't like baseball, this is still a fascinating book. It's a very fascinating book and a fascinating read into like the mind of a sports fan. I also like like uh, my favorite part of it is like he throws out the first pitch and screws it up. He's like, "Well, I screwed up our season." And then by the end yeah. of it, like there's an e- like like it's an email back and forth. He's like, "No, I guess I didn't screw it up." I guess I didn't screw <laughs> up. Yes, there we go. <laughs> that was your moment to shine. Yeah, I knew a book, <laughs> book. and I had read it. I thought it was gonna be like Night Shift or something like that, which I read the comic book version of. You read Creep Show? Oh, that yeah, that's the one. Creep Show. We're not even talking Creep Show because that's a movie. That's a script. That's not in here. It's also a comic book adaptation. Yes, doesn't count for this list. All right, fine. Number fifty-two, Gerald's Game. Not to be confused with Jerry's Game. No, this is a book about a couple with a failing marriage, and they try and rekindle the spark, and they go out to their cabin in the woods in Maine in the off season when no one's there, and the husband handcuffs his wife to a bed, and then has a heart attack and dies. <laughs> Well, and how does she get out of it? That's, yeah, that's the book. Not good. This could be a book that could definitely, to use the parlance of the time, uh, trigger people because there is um, some uh, child sexual abuse in this. That seems to be a recurring thing that happens. I, I'm not going to go that far. All right. When you say recurring, I would, I would, I would say smattering. All right, it happens. But that's that's I I do enjoy this book. It's uh, very harrowing, but that is definitely kind of a warning for that one. Uh, number 51, End of Watch. We already talked about book two in the Bill Hodges trilogy. This is book three. It's a hard one to talk about without spoiling a lot because this book is so tightly connected to the first one. I will. Stephen King does get a lot of criticism about his endings. The ending on End of Watch is fucking fantastic. All right. So I, I will say that about it. Uh, number 50, Gwendy's Button Box. We, like, this is another one we talked about. The third book in the series uh, with Gwendy's Final Task. Uh, the second one is not on here because it was written purely by... Richard Chismar, although I do enjoy that book quite a bit. This is a little girl who is uh, presented with a box from uh, a familiar foe who you might know from the Dark Tower and the Stand. But maybe it's not him, but it's definitely him. 
Uh, the man in black. It is, yeah. Uh, where she's presented with a box. Some asshole. That gives her some rewards or she can destroy things. And it's just this whole like morality tale of like, what does she do? And it, it's very interesting. Randall Flagg, that son of a bitch. It is. Yeah, I like. I think his, it just goes like R. I forget what his initials are in that. It's like Richard Ferris, probably not. But it was like it, whenever there's an RF and he wants to palaver, you know, it's our boy. <laughs> He's not my boy, I'll tell you that. He's a dick. <laughs> Number 49, If It Bleeds. Came out the last couple of years. Collection of four short stories. One of them has already been adapted, Mr. Harrigan's Phone. Shitty movie. Really good short story. This is another one of like Stephen King playing with technology. Also has the story Life of Chuck, which is uh, being adapted. I don't really want to spoil what that one is because that that one's kind of impossible to talk about without spoiling it. Also has a great story. The the titular story, If It Bleeds in There, involving the character Holly Gibney, who was in the Bill Hodges trilogy and a few others as we will kind of come up. But it's a really, it's a solid little collection of four books or four novellas, whatever. Number 48, The Talisman. This is about... A boy who travels to a different world makes a werewolf best friend to save his mother from dying of cancer in an alternate world because we have, like, he essentially goes to the mirror universe from Star Trek. All right. Where his uh, mother in, like, regular reality is king of the bee movies. And in this other universe is king of the queen of the bees. Like, oh, much more literally. Yeah. It's buzzing. If you like seeing Stephen King make fun of uh, religion in kind of a dark way and some, you know, good old fashioned child abuse. It is. It, it's actually quite a good um, story. It's uh, supposedly being adapted by the guys who did Stranger Things and uh, Steven Spielberg. So hopefully we see that. But I do enjoy that story. All right. Forty-seven. Uh, Dark Tower book. Song of Susanna. This is our first Dark Tower, kind of like in the main series. Went through the keyholes. Just kind of a fun addition. Song of Susanna. Mm, it's weird. Oh Susanna, won't you cry for me? It's a Dark Tower book, and I. I do enjoy it, but it's definitely like the weakest of the main series. Weird stuff happens in there. Let's get weird. The last three Dark Tower books kind of feel like they could have maybe been cut down to two books if mm-hmm. you if you tightened them up. Is what it is. I, I I like it, but it's certainly not my favorite. Number forty six. Speaking of baseball, the girl who loved Tom Gordon. Have you ever read this? I have not. It's short and it's good. It's basically um, a little girl gets lost in the woods. And the thing that she kind of finds comfort in is remembering radio broadcasts. Ah. Where where, um, she may be followed by something she may not be. But kind of like what keeps her mind going is remembering Red Sox radio broadcasts uh, where Tom Gordon comes up. Yes. He was a reliever for the Boston Red Sox. Yeah. It's a short book. But it's solid. It's really, it's a nice little kind of, I'm not going to say sweet, but. It's almost like a comfort food kind of book. Oh, okay. I guess is the way to put it. Like it, it doesn't get like too terrifying because it's mostly just. I mean, it's a little girl lost in the woods, which is not you know an ideal situation. But it's. I'm not going to call it like a feel good read, but you, her, the comfort that she finds in her memories of listening to Red Sox baseball is very relatable. And I, I say this as a guy who does not like baseball. No, baseball is boring. I don't care about baseball. No, you don't. It's but it's fine. Like. It, it's that I, visceral. I, I did watch that 2004. I would bandwagon the hell to that 2004 run, baby. Man, that was great. But I think what you're saying is like it's. And I visceral, haven't watched it since. <laughs> that visceral, like when we're in moments of big stress, what are the things that we lean on that give us comfort? Yeah, I. It's short and it's it's definitely it's not super scary, but it's a good solid read. All right, now we're back to our short story collections. Just after sunset, I tell you, I think. There's a couple good ones in here. Rest Stop is really good. 
But the two that kind of win me over is The Cat from Hell, which I, it's because it's a short story, I can't really describe it. Uh, basically, someone hires a hitman to kill a cat. Oh. And it goes, oh, so wrong in a whole, like, the way that it ends. My God. Just mm, chef's kiss. All right. And also, uh, I really enjoy A Very Tight Place. It's like these two guys who hate each other, and one of them traps one of them in a porter potty. Oh, well, there you go. It's one way to handle your business. <laughs> With the idea of killing him. Oh, no. So, Don't like it. I, I do like It's a fun one. Uh, 44, Insomnia. This one is a, another book connected to the Dark Tower. Not You don't have to know the Dark Tower to enjoy this one. Stephen King, in one of his books, has said he doesn't particularly like this book. I do. I think it has some interesting ideas. There are these... Uh, the main character has insomnia, and you can see these little doctors, like these weird little like Oompa Loompa doctors oh, okay. who like run around with scissors and like cut off your lifelines and stuff. And there's some creative stuff in there that I like. and also involves like uh, some terrorism in Maine. Number 43. How are we doing on time? Woohoo! We're only halfway. Number 43, Full Dark, No Stars. This one was intended to just be like, these are four very dark short stories, and they are. One of them involves... Running a farm in 1922 and the story 1922 in a good marriage where a wife discovers uh, her husband is a serial killer. And what does she do with that information? Nothing. Oh, she does something. Kills him? You'll never know. Listen, uh, read it. Oh, well, fuck that. <laughs> reading? You're just against reading Yeah, now? fuck reading. Uh, after that, we have the short story collection, Everything's Eventual. Uh, has some really good ones in there. Autopsy Room 4. I'm going to spoil this one. This is probably the only thing I spoiled just because I find it so All funny. Right. This is based on an episode of Alfred Hitchcock Presents, which Alfred Hitchcock directed. He didn't direct a ton of them. Mm. Um, it's all about a guy who I bitten by a spider or a snake, I can't remember, and he gets paralyzed, and they think that he's dead, and he's in the hospital, and they're going to perform an autopsy on him, and he starts crying. Like, he can't move. It's like, all you can hear is, like, his voiceover. He's like, oh, my God, Bob. And he starts crying, and they're like, oh, he's alive. He's alive. It's like, oh, thank God. They noticed. In this one, same premise, but instead of crying at the end, again, the only story I'm going to spoil, he gets a boner because of a hot nurse. <laughs> the dead have risen. <laughs> That's Stephen King, baby. He's like boners. Boing. The miracle of life. What, what saved his life? A good old boner <laughs> because of a hot nurse. Also has some, uh, another Dark Tower story in there. The earliest Dark Tower story, uh, Little Sisters of Luria, and uh, the very excellent uh, story, 1408 which was adapted into a pretty decent movie. Uh, I, I did a couple drafts, and now I'm looking at, like, how did I arrange these? Oh, okay. Because I switched a few things up. I, I tinkered. Did a couple drafts of this. 41? 41. If I got my numbers right, again, switch things up. From the Dark Tower series, the final book, book seven, Dark Tower. It's long. It has to wrap up a lot of stuff. What happens with basically every villain is kind of a disappointment. Mm. And the ending is... I, I've, I'm cool with the ending, but... Before the end actually happens, this is like Stephen King's magnum opus, and he pops in at the end. Oh. Like, he just, he's like, hey, what's up? It's me, Stephen King. I like it. If you don't want to know how the book ends, stop, stop here. here. <laughs> I've never seen anyone do that. I was like, I've read all these fucking books. I'm not stopping now. Yeah, I've <laughs> but, come this far. But st it's just a strange moment. He's like, what up? Steve here. Hi, friends. Yeah. What's up, fellow kids? Uh, number 40, The Dark Half. This is kind of based on Stephen King having uh, Richard Bachman. A uh, writer kills off his alter ego that was writing very successful novels, and he himself hasn't had less... He's had less success, and then mm. the evil writer comes back and wants to kill him to reign supreme. See how it goes. An inner conflict. Number 39, Dr. Sleep. Sequel to The Shining. Um, 
this one opens like I, I know I, like the, the term mean spirited was thrown around pretty liberally in the beginning of this episode, uh, but it opens up with like Danny is an um, an alcoholic and he's just like banging randos and like there's just like a wakes up the next morning like stealing money from this woman's purse and there's just like a kid there with like a shit filled diaper and it's like oh this is fun oh yes this uh, I it is so wildly different from The Shining in a good way like it doesn't try and repeat what it is it's a sequel but it's it forges its own path and i think a good way that's just not repeating the old stuff number 38 cycle of the werewolf we talked about this one before this was originally intended to be a calendar and then stephen king just said "Eh, it's gonna be a book now well there we go because he was uh drunk at a convention and a small publisher was like hey would you like to write a calendar for us and he was feeling guilty but like oh man why am i so popular compared to like my contemporaries who work just as hard and are just as good sure i'll do this small calendar they said fuck it that's a book now yep there you go it's all about a werewolf oh fun movie too number 37 the colorado kid this is a mystery story about like how how did this body get here hmm. how did it get there they died <laughs> yeah this is a short one don't want to talk about the ending to spoil it, but um, it also might not satisfy you. All right, there we go. Number 36, Lisey's Story. Uh, supposedly Stephen King's favorite book. It's uh, about a writer who dies and his wife kind of has to deal with what's left of like unfinished works. And there's like an obsessive fan that comes in and there's also an alternate dimension. I feel like a lot of Stephen King books involve a writer fans an alternate dimension and also alcoholism yes i feel like that's a common theme there's a young kid who gets bullied by his by his peers this one can read a little funny because it's very much about like that language you develop like in a marriage over time of like this kind of like secret back and forth of things you just say to each other and some of the the language is a little baby talky versus like the language i have with my wife is like we've determined that whenever i fart it's just a duck that's following me Oh, that's like that. That's not you. That's not not nor like that's not like original to you, but certainly one that people use. Well, I, I just turn around, I'm like the duck follow me, and now <laughs> I like to say, like, "Was that the duck?" Like, uh, sometimes if I if I fart during class, I'll say, "Oh, my chair squeaky today. Need some WD forty <laughs> over here." It evaporates. Don't use WD forty. But it, it, the joke is, I, the the chair is squeaky. Well, use it, a better lubricant. I did. It number, was called my fart. <laughs> number thirty five. a duck following me. Uh, number thirty five. The outsider. Connected to the Bill Hodges trilogy in kind of a surprising way. It's a story about a child who is um, sexually abused and killed by one man, except he has a complete alibi of being in a separate location. And how do these two things mesh? Hmm. Like there's DNA evidence, there's video, but he also has a 100% like unbreakable alibi. How does that work? Yeah. It's a very tense book. It's very good. I like it quite a bit. Uh, number 34, Fairy Tale. This is one of the most recent ones. This is basically, much like the talisman, a boy goes to another dimension to save someone, except this time it's a dog, and he has to become a gladiator. <laughs> Sounds like a Michael Vick kind of book. No. That was bad. That was in poor taste. No. Number 35, Doom McKee. This one takes place in Florida. A guy gets his arm ripped off in a construction accident, then becomes a painter, and maybe his paintings are evil. <laughs> Jeez. Well, they are. What do you want from me? Uh, I am Vigo. I like that one. He is Vigo. Uh, This is one that I did. um, On a mountain of skulls. A throne of pain. I did this one as an audio book, and uh, John Slattery of Mad Men fame Mm -hmm. reads it. And boy, like, boy, he would just be perfect. Like, if this gets turned into a movie, God, he'd be perfect. Number 32, Under the Dome. 
Mm. Good up until the ending. A dome goes over a small town and the kind of ecosystem in there of like who rises to power, who does what, who gets murdered. Oh, so it's kind of like uh, like a mega city from Judge Dredd? Sure. Okay, perfect. Then the end kind of falls apart, but whatever. So he's a little dystopian there, huh? Is that what we're saying? Speaking of dystopian, number 31, The um, Long Walk, which I think might be the first book he ever wrote. Not the first one that was ever published, but maybe the first one he wrote. This takes 100 boys from all around the country, and then they go to uh, Pownall, Maine to register at Bradbury Mountain, and Stephen King doesn't use the Pownall zip code, makes up a zip code, eh, which is weird because he grew up the town over in Durham. It's true. It's weird. It went just bugs Liz- me. He went to uh, Lisbon Falls High School. Who the fuck else is going to like be bothered by that except for people who grew up in Pownall? <laughs> I'm bothered. It's true. But you also couldn't wait to get the fuck out of Pownall. <laughs> also true yeah it's weird that the zip code doesn't match up but it's a uh, hundred boys from around the country and they have to uh start uh i f- forget what town they start in but they have to basically walk through maine and uh if you if your pace drops below three miles an hour i think maybe four uh you get shot in the head oh it's like squid games and, yeah and everyone just cheers except it's just walking and then when they get to about freeport everyone's dead except for a couple of people and how does it end you'll have to read it and see that's not a very long walk from Durham to Freeport either. Well, no, it, it's higher up. It's like, I think it starts in Old Town, maybe. Oh, okay. That's a longer walk. Like It's all highway. Like, yeah, they, what's, yeah, they, uh, they go down 41 for a while, I think. Oh. Main talk. Sorry, kids. Yeah. Uh, number 30, Joyland, the first of Stephen King's hard case crime books. Spooky amusement park in the summer, after the summer. Ooh. Oh, fun um, town, splash town, USA. This was, uh, I don't know if it's on audio. When it was originally released, it was only released as um, a paperback, like no hardcover, no audiobook. It was just like, you got to read this like it's an old pulp novel. I don't know if any of that has changed since the time of release. Didn't bother looking it up. All right. Because, you know, I just, I had to read it as it was. (laughs) It's good. It's fun. Spooky Carnival. Number 29, Holly, the most recent book just came out a couple weeks ago. Character of Holly Gibney, who was uh, in the Bill Hodges trilogy, in The Outsider, in If It Bleeds. Uh, continues her story uh what i kind of found intriguing about this one is the when her character was introduced it was very much in a grounded world but this character has also um, more than dipped her toe into the supernatural so reading this book i couldn't tell if it was um, a supernatural book or not and i'm not going to spoil that because that was kind of like the oh, that was the, the the premise of it i don't know if it was the premise of it but it was the game i was playing in my own head all right i like it I appreciate it. But yeah, it's the most recent one. I enjoy it quite a bit. Uh, speaking of Holly, uh, number 28, Mr. Mercedes. The first book she uh, appeared in, basically uh, someone with a Mercedes, there's a recession. Someone with a Mercedes drives through a job fair, just killing people indiscriminately. And then Bill Hodges has to figure out who it is. And there's some romance and he picks up some uh, plucky sidekicks like Holly and Jerome. Uh, mm. It's a solid one though. Um, with the older protagonist, it kind of, at this point, like in King's career, like it, it, there's a, there's less explicit horror and more crime kind of stuff. And this definitely mm-hmm. falls in that category. Number 27, Night Shift, another short story collection. Some good ones in here. Oh, Jerusalem's Lot, uh, Graveyard Shift. That's a fun one. There's some rats in there. Battleground, uh, an assassin gets delivered a package of like little green army men who come to life and mm-hmm. shoot him and maybe they have a nuke oh and also the short story trucks which is what maximum overdrive is based on Woo! i'm gonna scare the hell out of you <laughs> yeah uh number 26 the first dark tower book the gunslinger it's a western i can understand if people don't necessarily like this one as much because uh roland in this book kind of sucks he's he's mean and shitty and he like 
but it's the beginning of the character and he grows and softens and like gets these yeah. people around him and he's someone who's had a lot of loss. It's also a pretty short book. This is one that was also revised uh, from its original printing to make it fit in uh, more with the later books like The Shortest of Paper and some of the songs like, you know, like Hey Jude's in there and a few other odds and ends. Mm. I, I really like this book. I My wife does not. She read this. She's like, it ain't for me. But I enjoy this one quite a bit. Uh, 25, Cujo. Oh, the dog. This is the dog one. This is also a book uh, Stephen King uh, says he has no memory of writing. He wrote it over a weekend. And at the end of the weekend, there was just like a trash can full of like beer cans and bloody tissues from all the cocaine. And a book. About <laughs> yeah, a killer dog. And a book that's done. Number 24, Dolores Claiborne. Oh, that bitch. Why are you yelling at Dolores Claiborne? I guess not. I mean, I, she's bad. No, she's not. Maybe she did some murder once or twice. I guess you have to read it to find out how much murder she did. But this is an interesting one for us uh, because I'm not going to mention it by name because God, no one needs publicity for us being fucking involved. Mm. Uh, a location where we met and... They make it sound like a blind date. Yeah. Uh, where we fucked. No, we um, certainly did not. <laughs> our meeting location is brought up in here mm, yes. many, many times. It, it plays a role in the book. Which I, which it's not mentioned by name, which is very funny to me. Yeah, you you say yeah, like you know. No, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> but, I I just want to feel like I'm contributing. But it's very cool. It's like oh yeah, that I thing, know that that thing that's in town a couple miles away. Oh, much like when we watched Pet Cemetery Bloodlines, like I understand that hat. <laughs> yeah, uh, number twenty three, needful things. This is uh, what if the devil came to a small town in Maine and would sell you things at his little store that would like give you your greatest desire but ultimately it would pit you against other people in the town yeah you know that's called it's called a flea market it's i really like this it's called book. an antique store this book it's a very dark comedy this is one that i've heard the audiobook for and uh, my favorite thing about it is one it's, it's a great book i really really like it mm-hmm. but um the weirdest part stephen king reads the audiobook and one of the items that you can find at the devil's store needful things is um this is it sunglasses or a picture of Elvis? I can't remember. She finds some Elvis memorabilia and within her head, it makes her like full on, like feel like she's having sex with Elvis. Oh, wow. So part of uh, the audiobook is Stephen King does an extended female orgasm. And oh God, <laughs> it's, it goes on for. Ever that might that might be the most terrifying <laughs> thing he's ever done. Oh my god! <laughs> Listening to Stephen King to like a thirty second female orgasm. <laughs> I mean, this book's a dark comedy, but oh man, is that <laughs> is dark and comedy and not in the same way. Whoo! All right, here we go. We're getting there, kids. Number twenty two. Later. This is why we didn't do news. By the way, thank God. Or screaming at streaming or anything else. Uh, number 22, later, a uh, relatively recent book. This also falls into the uh, Stephen King doing crime stuff, but this one definitely has a supernatural twist. He doesn't make any bones about it. doesn't even hide it, because like sometimes, you know, like uh, let's use The Walking Dead, for example. They're like, the dead rising. What are we going to call them? I guess we'll call them walkers. But this is, this is just Stephen King doing The Sixth Sense, and he's like, this is just like The Sixth Sense. Uh, mother raising a child... Um, he gets this power to be able to talk to the dead. She works for a publisher and her mm. main client, who's kind of like her bread and butter, he's writing the series. It's essentially like her George R.R. R. Martin dies before the last book comes out. Oh, no. So she gets to take the kid to talk to his ghost, be like, tell me the rest of the book so she can write it down and then yeah. publish it. So like they don't 
become bankrupt and uh there's uh the mom has an evil corrupt cop girlfriend slash ex-girlfriend and it has some very interesting connections uh to other stephen king stuff that i will not spoil here but uh it's it's short and it's also very good Mm. number 21 stephen king's first published book carrie oh yes but the girl who can kill people with her mind yeah uh, the way the story goes is he was writing it and didn't feel like he was capturing uh, the female character right. So he threw it in the trash and his wife, Tabitha, pulled it out. She's like, this is good. You got to do some of this. And then she helped him with some of um, the more like female related stuff mm-hmm. and came out. Brian De Palma made a movie and fucking the rest is history. Everything blew up after that. Yep. Number 20, another recent crime one, Billy Summers. Uh, this is about an assassin who goes... Um, he's supposed to kill a politician or an upcoming politician, and he has to hide out in a town for a number of months. And he pretends to be a real dum dum, and like his cover is that he's writing a book. So the book kind of starts out; it's him basically telling his own history, and he's but he's afraid that like the people who hired him are like watching him. So like he's writing it very like in like his like pretend stupidness. Oh, okay. And as the book goes on, like the book. Um, he starts writing better and better and better and it becomes like you're almost reading these two things of like oh here's his history and it's very interesting but he also has to save this girl and then <laughs> this is another movie that's in development there's a thing with a drill I'm like I ain't gonna put that in a movie I don't know how are because uh, it involves the butt oh no so <laughs> we'll see how that works but yeah Billy Summers uh, really solid really good Um, and I would be curious if you were reading it for the first time if you figured out the ending, I would say I did not. Well, I was slow on the uptake. Well, it happens. Can't be on top of everything. Number 19, Nightmares and Dreamscapes. Another short story collection. Uh, has some good ones. Dolan's Cadillac. That is a guy who uh, does a lot of math to make a mobster drive into a ditch, and then he covers it with a highway that he built. Oh, smart. <laughs> yeah, it, it's very involved. Uh, the Night Flyer uh, reporter is um, trying to find a vampire, and he does. Um, if you ever wanted to know what happens when a vampire drinks blood, there's a scene where uh, he's taking a piss and you can't see the vampire in the mirror, but you can see just like his bloodstream. Oh, good. wow. <laughs> Crouch End, which is a Lovecraft inspired story, which is very good. And Omni's Last Case, which is kind of a gumshoe detective and the author uh, kind of meet and talk face to face despite uh, being fictional. Oh, okay. Good stuff, though, in that one. Uh, number 18, The Green Mile. Oh man, we're just like now we're into just like the my god, like yes. <laughs> I think we've now like the top eighteen are just like shit. Don't get better than this. All right, I uh, like it. The Green Mile, like you're all probably aware of it. A uh, man wrongfully convicted, a black man specifically wrongfully convicted for the murder of two girls, uh, but also has the supernatural power to be able to heal things, heal and maybe take away some stuff. Mm, yes, uh, it's a wonderful book. It's okay. We're not talking about movies a lot, but it's also a wonderful movie. I really love both of them. Number 17, another Dark Tower book, Wolves of the Kala. This one very much uh, stands on its own within the series. Like so much of the series is about like pushing things forward and telling different stories. This one I like a lot because this is our Katet just doing a single mission. And it's like real, like they, they obviously, they do stuff before. This is uh, the fifth book in the series. They do stuff before together and like some stuff after, but this is like them united as a team, just doing a mission. And I like that about it. This is also where uh, the Dark Tower becomes what the Dark Tower becomes, because before there's like references to like, oh, there's music in this world. Like I mentioned, like, hey, Jude is playing at a bar like Mm. and if 
few odds and ends. Like there's like some Wizard of Oz references and some things here and there, but this is the one where it just goes like full balls to the wall. Like, yeah, this isn't, um, it's not a Western anymore. It's not anything. This is, it's just like everything in the world. Wow. Side quest. Oh, it gets big. Uh, number 16, the dead zone. Oh, yes. Like a construction zone. <laughs> Our uh, protagonist gets a, a head injury, goes into a coma, and then when he touches you after he comes out of it, uh, he can see the future, which includes an evil politician, his old girlfriend, some fires, a few odds and ends, but every time he uses it, like his brain gets more messed up. I feel like this happened earlier in the list, too. Yeah, yeah it's kind of fire startery. Yeah. Uh, it's really good. This is... We're breaking a little bit. I don't really like the movie. A lot of people love this movie. I really don't because the book very much has like a, you know, ABC. There's very much an act of one, two, and three. In the movie, just because it's a movie doesn't have the time. So it kind of goes from like act one to act three with like all the stuff in the middle cut out. So it doesn't, the movie doesn't really work for me. Mm -hmm. Although um, this is one uh, because... Stephen King grew up the town next to me. Uh, this takes place in Pownell as well. And I learned some stuff about Pownell town history that I had to look up. I'm like, huh. Does he mention your vodka rock in the... No, he does not mention the rock that I uh, hid bottles of alcohol behind as a teenager. Oh, okay. Just checking. <laughs> Amazingly enough, that book that came out like 1980 does not mention where I would hide booze. How dare you? <laughs> Number 15, Skeleton Crew. Another collection. Oh, some good ones in this one. The Mist starts off with that. It has a very different ending from the book. The movie probably has a better ending, but The Mist is still really solid. The monkey. There's an evil monkey with symbols. Oh. It's a toy monkey. It's good, though. The jaunt. That is, that's really what, boy, that's not true. For, I was saying this is what really kicked it up because there's a lot of good short stories in Skelter Crew. But The Jaunt is one of Stephen King's best stories of all time. It's a short story in there. It's all about um, teleportation. Is is If we're talking endings, this is his best ending for a story ever. It is mm -hmm. fucking haunting. Um, also has survivor type which I really like. It's about a doctor um, who is also running cocaine and his plane crashes and he ends up on an island by himself. With cocaine? <laughs> the cocaine does play a role. But he has, basically, he has, it's in the middle of the ocean. He's just on like a rock. Uh, no supplies, no nothing. And he, but he has a diary. So he's just like writing things down. And because he's a surgeon and he has no supplies, he just keeps on hacking parts off of his body and, ah. e and, and eating them because he can like seal them up. Yeah, it, it it's it's pretty gnarly, but it's fucking a great story. Number 14, another Dark Tower book, Wizard and Glass. This is a romance book in the Dark Tower series. Just a straight up romance. Like what's very funny is um, book three ends with this huge cliffhanger and then book four wraps it up real fast. And then it's just Roland telling the story of his youth. And it's just a romance. Oh, OK. And it, it's also pretty fucking tragic, but it's great. And it, it's it's such a departure for the series. Part of what I like the Dark Tower is because it does get to like play with different genres and this one's just a straight up romance and i like it number 13 bag of bones is that a short story or no no this is a full ass novel okay this one plays in for me because it's the most main book he ever wrote this is straight up like western maine like the lakes region like small town like everyone's just off like very secluded everyone knows their stuff this is like when you're i forget what he calls it yeah but this is like when you're driving through towns and it's like oh you're driving through township h now because the population is so small we didn't bother naming it all right fair enough it doesn't get more main than this writer dead wife secret history but i just love how main this book is like more than anything ever wrote bag of bones number 12 christine Ooh, yes evil Her. Ca evil car yeah and he likes cars too yeah this is one of those like classic cars classically murderer this one has 
very i like the character dynamics in this one and there's a lot of like things about identity and kind of like teenage life of just like youth and jealousy and being shitty at that age and Mm -hmm. it's also pretty horrific it's a really it's a good one uh also one I, i like the book way more than i like the movie number 11 different seasons dear god we're almost at the top 10 we are this has been a journey <laughs> four novellas in different seasons the big ones you're gonna know rita hayworth and the shawshank redemption i've heard of that it also has the body which was uh the influence for stand by me stand by me there you go see look at me i <laughs> you, you did a thing thank me uh, the other two books in there are good too but like different seasons which by the way it's an iconic line in stand by me one time you went out to play with your friends and you came home and you didn't know it was the last time you were ever going to do that or something to that effect that was the sandlot oh that was the sandlot <laughs> oh no oh what was what was the but the line there was a line in like stand by me it was like the iconic line about friends there's a leech on my dick uh nope that was not the iconic line that, that movie had some heavy hitters in it too Kiefer sutherland will wheaton was in that yeah. Uh, River Phoenix, I believe, was also in that. All right, you ready for the top 10? Richard Dreyfus. We are into the top 10. Thank God. Number 10, Pet Cemetery. Oh, yes. I don't want to be buried in a pet cemetery. Some, sometimes dead to is better. To quote the Ramones song that Some, was written for it. Sometimes dead is better. Sometimes dead is better. Uh, this was another book that Stephen King had put away because it was so dark. He, it was fucked up. Because of the scene where the main character... Uh, buries up the body of his uh, dead young son. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, this is pretty dark. I'm going to put this bad boy away. And, yeah. and then it came out, and it's, um, I really like it. It's it's so dark. And not, we've talked about at nauseum that like we knew uh, the Judge Crandall character, who was brought up extensively in the introduction to the book. It's fucking solid. It's also fucking dark. Yes. Well, I mean, it's a horror novel. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, number nine, Salem's Lot. Ah. Uh-huh. Vampires. But what if vampires came to Falmouth? I mean, it is almost the end of leaf peeping season, so there's not much time for them to hang out now. <laughs> yeah, uh, which is very like early. Like this is like Falmouth now is like you know condos and rich people. Yeah, but, true it is. But at the time, Salem's lot was written. I guess not. I mean, it's, it was. Oh, it's always been an affluent nautical community. <laughs> yeah, uh, but just you know, th- this was uh, based on Dracula to a point, but like. What if Dracula, but it happened in a small main town, and that small main town is Falmouth? Yeah. I like it. It's a good one. I don't, don't want to spoil it, but yeah, a bunch of shit happens. All right. I believe you. Number eight. This is, when I say relatively new, I mean, like, this is probably like 10 years old now, but still one of the best hero. Uh, 11-22-63. This is about an individual uh, who is given the opportunity to go back. Uh, I can't remember what year he goes back to. A few, basically, if you could go back in time, what would you do? Like, the options are like, kill Hitler, save Kennedy. And this guy is given the Save Kennedy option, but he has to go back like five or six years ahead of time. Weren't they going to make a movie out of this? They made a um, miniseries. Oh, that's right. They did, yes. That was poorly received. I haven't seen it. I don't have an opinion. But a character has to go back a few years before the Kennedy assassination because it's a fixed point in time. Like, you can't change it. But basically, time is fighting against you the entire way, like trying to have you not change things. Oh, that's interesting. It's one of his best. Um, there's a great romance in there. Like, I really like all of the characters. Like, it's really, I don't know, it's really hard to express how much I like 112263. And it's, it's maybe 10 years old at this point, but it's it's truly one of his best. Like, the last 10 years for King have mostly been really solid. And this was kind of the, I feel like this is the point where it's just like, Stella got her groove back. Mm. It fucking rocks. I love 112263. Number seven, The Shining. 
All work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. There's going to be some of these. I'm like, what am I going to say about it? It's The Shining. You all know what it is. All work and no play make Jack a dull boy. Red rum. It's Yeah, it's different from uh, the Kubrick adaptation and King adapted it in, in the 90s. I would say kind of poorly, but I would say a lot of that was also budget constraints because 90s miniseries. Mm, true. But there was a run of like 80s and 90s miniseries on TV, like Stephen King miniseries. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, you know, an alcoholic writer. I think this is, even though like he's kind of said, like, I didn't even realize it at the time, but it's a story about addiction. And, you know, it's one of his best. It, uh, what was this, his third published novel? It's insane how good it is. It's also not, like, some of his stuff can get very bloated. And we've talked about some stuff that's a little short. Like, this, you know, this is like the Red Riding Hood of, like, fucking books. It's like, the length, it's like, it's just right. Like, there's no, yeah. like, real fat to trim. It works. It's scary. Well, I mean, he's also not known for brevity in his books either. No, I mean, <laughs> I mean that was, it was like the Tommyknockers. Ooh, a new character. Let's learn all about their backstory. Oh, they're dead already? What the fuck? Yeah, like, the, that's why his books are, like, a thousand pages long. Uh, number six, Dark Tower book, The Wastelands. Dark Tower book three. I like this one because this is where we get our... Our ensemble is ensembled, mm-hmm. and it ends with one hell of a cliffhanger. It gets a little bit more into the weeds of what this world is and, like, how out- – it's not out there to, like, Wolves of the Callow, like, where it's just, like, fuck it, it's everything now. But this is, like, where we really start to pick up steam of, like, how big is this world? All right, top five. Number five, The Stand. Oh, now his magnum opus. No, that would be The Dark Tower. Oh. Because it's, it's, like, eight books. Yeah, but like this is considered like his greatest single work. Well, I have it at number five, so oh. not me. Well, but a lot of people love The Stand. The Stand, I have it at number five out of 79. That's a good point. I'm ranking it pretty high. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, a plague comes in, knocks out most of the population, and then you either have to go to Wisconsin, Wyoming? Colorado, I thought. Colorado, sure. Colorado or Las Vegas, are you going to be with God or the Devil? And uh, this is another one where the ending doesn't, quite work for me but i really enjoy all the characters or a lot of the characters some of them are like shitty but like in a good way have you read the uncut version that's the only one i've read the uh, like 1153 pages he brought 400 pages back yep that's the one that's the i I haven't read the original i've only yeah and i've i've done that one twice now i've gone through it yeah good time clearly i feel like it's a long (laughs) read boy is it but yeah it's great number four on writing we talked about Dance Macabre before, oh, so many minutes ago. Mm-hmm. But this is the most autobiographical kind of thing that Stephen King has ever written. Not only is like him giving recommendations to writers and how much he hates adverbs, but it also like kind of tells his personal history. And while he was writing it is when he got hit by that van. Mm, yes. So like the last, I don't know, quarter of it is like, well, this sucks. Got hit by a van. Fucking hurt. It, it almost killed him. Thought I was, yeah. Thought I was going to die. But, I mean, this is often cited as, like, if you are a creative person, like, this is, like, the seminal work to read. Because it, you know, it does get into his process, it does get into his mind, and it's also interesting to read to see his personal history. Definitely one of his best. Number three, It. This one's also a massive tome, but boy, is it good. Well, people in Deary, they have a hard time. Dairy. Dairy, whatever. I mean, think about it. They have the Pet cemetery. they have the Clown. Why do people go to Dairy, Maine? It's just Bangor. Again, why? Well, I mean, there's clearly nothing good happens. I mean, I lived in Bangor for five years, but still. There's an Applebee's there. That's about it. No, well, they have a really good concert venue. They have a good civic center now, a casino. An Applebee's. An Applebee's. <laughs> a kind of mall. 
stretching there a little bit. I mean, it used to be a big deal to go to the Bangor Mall. No, it didn't. No, nah, well, I mean, for me, living further north than you did, yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it telling uh, the story 29 years apart of kids growing up and then them returning to deal with uh, an evil space clown. Mm, Pennywise. How do they deal with them? He killed them. <laughs> yeah, some of them. Yeah. Gotta read it to find out. We but... all float down here. Yeah. Yeah, also, has, man, that book has such a strong opener. Who's a better Pennywise, Skarsgård or Curry? They're they're so different. It's, it's like apples and oranges, but I guess... Not like Applebee's? No. Okay. I mean, I, I, if, I guess personal preference, I lean into Curry. Fair enough. Is this fun? I do love the behind-the-scenes footage, though, where Skarsgård walks on set to the kids and goes, Who's ready to beat the shit out of me today? <laughs> All right, we're down to the final two. Number two. Drawing yes. of the Three, the second Dark Tower book. Okay. This is why I said this list isn't like necessarily like a guide for like, these are the Stephen King things to read, because if you haven't read the other stuff, it's not going to matter. But oh, fair enough. If we're just talking, like this is like the Dark... I enjoyed The Gunslinger, clearly kept going. Mm-hmm. That was like my gateway drug. And then reading a Drawing of the Three is the thing that hooked me. And I fell in love with these characters. My God, just all of everyone that's presented in this book is so good and it's so solid and there's so many memorable scenes i love drawing of the three it just builds on the lore and expands it my god i i could talk about this book forever and maybe i will in an upcoming podcast on a different thing uh pod to the dark tower perhaps yeah. uh and number one my favorite stephen king book is misery Ah, uh, where she breaks the guy's ankles because it was her favorite author no that's just in the movie in the book oh. she hacks him off with an axe oh i mean close enough <laughs> it's cheaper to break the angles yeah um misery for me is a book where i literally could not put it down it is one of the most the tension this book builds is so insane like you literally can't stop it like how is it going to get out of this what's going to happen in the next scene like it the ten- I, I already said the word tension but i don't have a better word for it just how it grabs you and doesn't fucking let go mm-hmm. is so insanely intense like when I was reading this book, I literally, like, we were visiting a friend of my wife, and I just, I left. I was like, I left the room, and I was like, I'm going to go over here and just read. Oh, well, there we like, go. it was, it's so engaging and so good and just builds, and I, my God, I, yeah, Misery for me is like, you know, you, that's a page turner. Oh. To put it uh, loosely. My God, uh, Misery, I don't think it gets better than that. Woo! My God. Are you ready for a plot twist? No. I've actually already read all 79 books in preparation for this. I'm going to give you my list with a shot for each one on Saturday. (laughs) I've got some thoughts about your list, sir. Oh, my throat's pretty raw after this. I wouldn't. All right. So one one wrap-up question here uh, after that. Would you classify Stephen King as more, because everyone calls him the master of horror. Yeah, I don't don't buy into that. So would you, well, can I finish my question? Sure. Would you say he's more of a dark science fiction fantasy writer than a horror writer? I would call him a genre writer. Okay. And explain. Don't know how much I... I mean, genre just means, in the broad sense, things that aren't the norm. Like, you, you could call that horror. You could call that science fiction. You could call that just... Weird. Things that couldn't happen in everyday life. Sometimes he does do that stuff and like stuff like the body. Um, but... <sighs> There's there's enough stuff outside of horror, and I know it's easy to go with that because there are like the big ones, like The Shining or It, like stuff like that. But I feel like, but like you wouldn't he, call he, the Dark Tower a horror series. No, I 
or the stand a horror book. I mean, there are horrible things in it with like no. The that's super why flu I, I would just go with genre. He's a genre writer. All right, and that's what that's what a four year English degree gets you is that kind of a thesis. He's a genre writer. <laughs> what does that mean? It just means something. <laughs> it means stuff outside of just normal everyday life. Spoken like a true English major. I I do think, um, and I understand that he's leaned into it and all that with like the moniker of like the master of horror. But there's so much. You can't have this big of a body of work with so much stuff that's outside of horror just to be Do you think he is narrowly the, defined? But with his horror writing, do you think he's the best horror writer? I mean, my favorite, but it doesn't there's plenty of other people out there, but yeah, my favorite. All right. There you go. Clearly because you read 79 books. Yeah. And just <laughs> rattled on for 90 minutes about them. <laughs> Plus all the other stuff that we didn't include here like screenplays and movies and everything else, yeah. Yes. He definitely in leans comics. into the weird stuff and the the mystical and the uh, supernatural, yeah. per se. We would call that genre. There we go. Okay. Next time somebody's like, what do you think about things that are supernatural? i like, they're genre. That's <laughs> true. I want to sound smart. All right. Is that it? That is it. All right. Well, uh, I need... Um... I need some water. There you go. <laughs> My throat is dry. Well, I'll take it from here. If you enjoyed the show, please go to Editor's Note Comics. Scratch that. If you enjoyed the show, go to patreon.com slash editorsnotecomics. A dollar a month gets you access to all kinds of cool things behind the paywall, including Stephen King content, Pod to the Dark Tower, a, a behind-the-paywall content-only podcast for the first 20 episodes it's everything you'd ever want to know about the dark tower series uh that is behind the patreon.com slash editors note comics paywall also some buffy uh the vampire uh, buffy stuff buffy the vampire slayer audio buffy, buffy back issue been yeah. back for three episodes the first episode is up now on patreon they will be releasing a it's only three of these it's a buck a month they're going to be up a week early on Patreon for these three episodes. There you go. Plus, you get the show the day we record it, uh, except for the upcoming specialty episode. We're going to drop that on Halloween specifically. So you've got that coming up. Excitement. Uh, and then we get back into our normal programming schedule, uh, which includes, if you're a first-time listener, pop culture news of the day, Jared's, that's me, sports reports, and uh, all kinds of other fun stuff. I think our first topic coming out of spooky season is going to be the Marvels. I don't remember when that comes out. Maybe. I think it comes out on the 5th. Then maybe. Uh, I'll be in Foxborough. Never mind then. We'll figure that out. Uh, yeah, that's all there. Plus, you can find us on social media. Just look up Editors No Comics. That'll get you to Zach. Uh, he's on Twitter. Yep. And uh, you have constant meltdowns about the Patriots. Not this week, baby. Not this week. On Twitter at Junior Rich. Damn straight. Got to spell it out. You, you can't just write J-R. Nope. At Junior Rich. J-U-N-I-O-R-R-I-C-H. Great. Mac Jones is back, baby. And return of the Mac. Next there week. It is, return uh, of the Mac. My God. Next week, uh, the annual Halloween uh, drinking game episode. I don't know what it's going to be, so we're going to find out together, kids. I'm excited. It's going to be so much fun. We'll see. I'm going to have the time of my life. Stay spooky, kids. Not a sign out I'll ever use again. Bye-bye.